So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Good evening, everyone, and to my co-host, Jake Trowbridge. What are you doing? What is going on with your eyeball? Well, from what I understood, we were here to squash beefs! And so I am in in full-on, uh, it's always sunny mode. I watched the episode today, Dustin, and this iPad played a big role in the TV show, so I wanted to bring it to the podcast. That's nice. So is this Liam, or is it the other McPoyle brother? I'm I don't, not I don't know who's who. Which, I'm not positive which McPoyle this was. And, and now I can't even really keep it in my eyeball. I underestimated how difficult it would be. So it I'm is gonna, terrifying. I'm going to have to ditch it. Yeah. But, you know, it's here. We did it. We, we officially tied in this show to It's Always Sunny. Yes, yes. As Jake said, we are squashing beefs tonight on our show. I will get to that a little bit later. Um, guys that or I shouldn't say guys, players that we were out on for one reason or another, and, we, and we're and we going to here to make apologies and make amends. So so we're squashing beef uh, this evening, unlike Charlie Kelly, where we actually are picking squash and beef and mashing them together. Uh, this will be a little bit more productive, uh, I hope. Uh, but first thing here out of the gate, Jake, I don't know if you saw this, but it literally came across my uh, Twitter right before uh, we started recording, probably about 15 minutes ago, that oh. John Madden passed to this morning. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, That's it said unexpectedly. Wild. Yeah, I was I was like, oh damn, he's 85 years old. Wow. Well, in that uh that um documentary just aired about mm-hmm. him over the weekend, I believe, yeah. right before yep. the Sunday games. Yeah. Well, that is crazy. And um if you're anything like me, you spent a good chunk of your childhood playing Madden mm-hmm. Absolutely. and possibly trying to imitate uh his play-by-play commentary, which is always delightful. Yeah, I had very much a love-hate relationship with him. Uh, just some of his commentary, specifically watching my Packers, uh, some of his comments were just way far out there, and I just couldn't handle it at times. But uh, respect the man uh, for what he did for the NFL, you know, everything he accomplished. Obviously, the video game segment, like, that just blew up uh, having his name attached to it. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's sad to see that. I was I was very, obviously, very surprised. Um, but, yeah, he, he did a lot of good things, so I just... Sorry to start the show out on a on a down note, but well, yeah. can we at least say that you have squashed any beef that you might have had with John Madden and how he treated your beloved Packers back in the day? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. all is forgiven for sure. Good, for sure. good. So, uh, Jake, did you survive this last weekend with any of your playoff teams? Uh, with I, with how crazy it was with COVID and and all the players out and things like that. Yeah, I was lucky enough to have a couple of them go through into the championship round here, so I've got some rooting interest still, which is good. Very lucky. I, mm-hmm. I, I at this point, there's, I would typically pat myself on the back and say, "Good job, Jake. You did it. You got yourself into those those couple of championships." This year, I don't even feel like I should do that. I feel <laughs> like I just have to thank the gods uh, and karma or whatever. Good luck for letting me in. How about you? No, uh, the one team that I, I was. My my number one seeded team uh, got crushed this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, I, I ran into the buzzsaw of T. Higgins and Patrick Mahomes. Ooh, yeah, yeah. And I made a couple 
questionable lineup decisions as well. Uh, didn't start the right quarterback, unfortunately. Had Byron Pringle on my bench. Should have started him, obviously. I mean, and, uh, of course. I know. Yeah, leave, uh, gotta leave all those points on the bench, but yeah, if it makes you worse. feel any better, the league that I got a first round buy in, uh, and then it looked like it was a walk in the park for me. I also went up against T Higgins. And if I had only decided to leave Rex Burkhead in my lineup, instead I swapped him out at the last minute for Tyler Johnson uh, because I thought that he would get all this wonderful target share from Tom Brady and then <laughs> nothing. So it knocked me right out. So thank you, Rex, um, for making me feel like an idiot. Yeah, yeah, it was heartbreaking because I was really feeling confident this year. My team uh, was by far and away the best team in the league uh, record and points wise. but. Hey, that's the playoffs. We, uh, you, you take what you can get. You never know what's going to happen. All you got to do is make the dance. So they that's say. That's all you got to do. You make the dance and then maybe you dance with the people that got you there, except in COVID when the people that got you there are all at home because mm-hmm. they, you know, because COVID. Wiley Stevens in the chat asks, where's the beef? Wiley, don't you worry. We have so much beef lined up for this episode. Go check Arby's. I hear they've got the beef. Does Wendy still have the beef? No, Wendy's no. She was I mean, the they've Wendy's. got beef. Where's the beef lady? Was the the Wendy's lady? Am I am I incorrect on that? I don't know. I'm just saying <laughs> stuff at this point. <laughs> Jesus. I suppose why I... don't we why don't we talk about what we're drinking for the love of God so we can move this thing along? Okay, let us have it, Jake, since this is your beer this week. Yes, we are drinking from Delta Beer Lab in Madison, Wisconsin here. Uh, the wife lives uh, lives there. She works there. She might want to live there because their beer is so good. This is their Amb.01. It's their Amber. I don't know. They have fun names because it's like all science-y, you know, because Delta Beer Lab. Eh? Mm-hmm. I'd wink, but you see, <laughs> it wouldn't come through right now. But this is really good, Dustin. Mm-hmm. Amber is, you know, in the winter times. Mm-hmm. I like a light beer like an Amber. Uh, it's not light, but you know what I mean. Medium. Yeah. Beer. Yeah. It's, it's very multi. Um, oh, Wiley follows up here. Wendy has the bacon now. Oh, do they? Do they really? Yeah. The baconator? That's the thing. I know that. Your eye is just creeping me out, man. <laughs> you I can't, want me to I can't stop staring well, at also it. Also, <laughs> now it's like at, a, at an angle. It's a whole thing. It really does mess with your depth perception. McCoyle wasn't lying. Uh, but yeah, this is a good beer. Very malty. Um, get the hops coming through, but they're subtle. It's not an in your face. Uh, yeah. Amber is a very good fall slash winter beer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good anytime beer, but, uh, yeah, especially good. I, I give it a, I give it a solid three and a half out of five. You? Yeah. Same. Love I'm it. right there with you. Love it. Now, Dustin, Dustin, do you happen to have, besides this beer, do you have something at the ready? Unlike last week when you I, had to pay off a beer bet. I have something on the ready, um, and it's it's just to clarify and and tell you you're right, Jake. That um, Clara Peller, who did the Where's the Beef? Yes. She was it was for Wendy's. You are correct. I know my old ladies, Dustin. If I've always said one thing, it's that I know my Ooh. old ladies. So you're welcome for that. Now, Dustin, yes. you technically have two to pay off because I bet you thought I'd forget. I bet you thought no. last week when you said, can we put a pin in this that I would be so uh, drunk and or stupid as to forget that pin. I was only one of those things. So I did remember the pin for this week from oh, last no, I, week's year. 
I am very much aware that I have two bets to pay off. Okay, perfect. Well, let me do a quick precursor, a refresher for the last one, uh, which was Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes. It was total fantasy points. Again, not last week, but the week prior. Both did amazing, as we talked about. Mahomes was QB2 overall. Herbert not far behind QB4. But I did take Mahomes' side, and therefore, Dustin has a little something-something that he has to pay off. Uh, and that is tallied onto his existing uh, beer bet from just this past week, where we did backfield versus backfield. We did the Bills backfield versus the Patriots backfield. All the running backs from both teams, PPR mm-hmm. points. No we quarterbacks, Bills versus just Patriots. running backs. No quarterback. So Josh Allen not influenced. If he had been, you probably could have uh, squeaked this one out. But I took the Patriots side. They got 34.6 total fantasy mm-hmm. points. Bills got 22.3. Basically all of that from Devin Singletary, I have to imagine. Mm-hmm. It, it was. It really yeah. was. So, Dustin, you took the Bills, so you, you tally that on. You get a twofer this week. Yes. Jake, not sponsored by Fireball, but Fireball, please sponsor us. Um, you're an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Times two. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for that. And he's he's going again. Yeah, don't don't worry. I'm gonna hold him to this. He doesn't just get to say times two. He actually has. Oh, no, it's the times two. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. He's <laughs> times two. He's raised it up. He didn't say the thing twice, but that's okay. I'll, I'll add it in post. I'll just duplicate it in post. I have the ability. Dustin, I appreciate you for paying that off. You're always a gentleman. Oh, I like I like my my ledger to be clear. Yeah, and I know yeah. it's not going to stop you from making future beer bets. Of course not. That'd be foolish. It's what I love about you. All right. You know what I love about this show more mm-hmm. than anything? What's that? It's our next segment. Yeah, it's not really a drunk trade, though. As much as I want to play the drop, I feel it would be misleading to our guests. Play the drop! Okay. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade. Of the week. All right. So this, I know this week's drunk trade, which isn't really a drunk trade, uh, was a trade made in my uh, Dynasty Happy Hour uh, listener league that I'm a part of. Uh, A couple of the guys going for the championship. I was out uh, of said playoffs. My team got decimated with injuries this year and underperforming players. You know, like my trade for Robert Woods earlier this season that I thought was a great move and now is going to turn out to be not a good move. Anyway, so. Flurry of trades were getting made, all leading up to the Thursday night games this week, uh, just because they're trying to outmaneuver each other to get players to play with COVID and injuries and all this stuff. So uh, this is something that uh, Jason Thomas uh, at D-A-H underscore skin man. Um, we, we completed a trade. We went back and forth um, a little bit on this. Not too much, uh, but this is a super flex tight end premium league. 14 teams, so it's a a little bit deeper than your standard 12-team league. So he was looking for help on his team. Uh, So he asked for Russell Gage from me, figuring, good matchup, Russell Gage. He's been much more involved. Why not? You know. And me being out of the playoffs, I'm like, hey, I'm looking for players that can help me next season. So he offered me straight up for Russell Gage, Logan Thomas. Oh, okay. Now you said there was a premium in this league? There is, yeah. It's, it's uh, I believe, 1.5. It's either 1.5 or 1.75. I think it's 1.5. So straight up know. Russell Gage for Logan Thomas. Yeah. And I countered, knowing that I'm in the position of power here, because <laughs> Logan Thomas is injured, obviously, not playing. I have I have no reason to give up a young wide receiver that's 
on a team that really Kyle Pitts is the only receiving option on this team. So, I mean, he should have the volume. So I, I was like, give me something a little bit extra. I'm like, I, I didn't ask for the world. You know, I'm like, I don't want sweetener. I'm like, I'm not asking for a freaking first round pick or any, you know. I'm, so I ended up getting and it may not seem much, but it could end up playing out later on. I ended up getting Nick Westbrook Ikine, Ikine, Ikine. from the Tennessee Titans wide receiver. Figuring I don't know if Julio is going to come back next year or what's going mm-hmm. on with that team. Uh, so I picked him up as a, just a little added added piece. Some frothiness added on top. That's right. Of this non-drunk trade. Okay. Yeah. So All right. what are your thoughts? I mean, I you know, you know, you know my thoughts on Logan Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and coming to the season, I didn't like him. And in fact, I might have to talk about him later on in this episode because he came off to a dynamite start this season. Mm-hmm. And then he was out for the majority of the season, came back for two games, a game and a half, I suppose. Yeah. Did well in those games. And then once away, once again, went away from us. He's now gone for the rest of the year. He was placed on IR. So, I mean, yes, tight ends are gross. And I think it's fine. This is not a blockbuster trade, of course, by any means. No, no, no. It wasn't meant to be a blockbuster trade. But but in terms it, of Russell Gage, yeah, like, what are you going to get that's more than that for Russell Gage? I hesitate to believe there could be more than that that right. somebody would get. So in, in, like a tight end, in a tight end premium, in a vacuum, mm-hmm. what would you pay? And I, just take your unlike or uh, Logan Thomas out of it, just value-wise. Yeah. What would you pay for Logan Thomas straight up in a, in a tight end premium league? A tight end premium league, I mean, I I might be willing to toss out a second round pick. Might. I don't know if I could get there. But I wouldn't. I, it's the same that I would give for Russell Gage. Like, I maybe I could give up a second round pick. I don't know if I would. Yeah. It's fine. So, no. It's oh, yeah. fine is what it, it ha- is. It, ha- it helps both of us. I mean, yeah. it, in, in theory, uh, spoiler, uh, Russell Gage only had 5.9 points this last week. Uh, so it really didn't help him out too much. <laughs> well, uh, shit. And I've got another tight end on my team that should be able to help me week in and week out next year, uh, assuming that he's back to full health. Who's that? Oh, Logan you Thomas. mean that's Logan Thomas? Yeah. Oh, okay. He should be. I thought you me. meant like in addition to Logan Thomas. No, 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 no. I no, have no. this other great guy. No, 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 no. Nick, he's he's just a throw-on piece. Maybe he'll hit. Maybe he'll have some flex appeal. Uh, you know, next season at points, or maybe I, he has a blow up game and I can move him for like a second round pick, you know, yeah. kind of looking at it from that perspective. It's, it's fine. I have nothing against Westbrook Akina either, either. Uh, but yeah, it's, and, and this, and this league is basically, um, you have to start at least one from each position and then it's like all flex and super flex positions after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having Logan Thomas, he should be a week in and week out starter most of the time. Uh, on, t- on top of my Hawkinson trade I made earlier that week as well. I can maybe see it. I can maybe see it. This is really just shuffling dirt around the earth, in my opinion. Like, I don't think it really well, you're not a, believer, a lot of needles. So. I know. I know I'm not. That's that's on me. That's not on you. I think it's a it's a reasonable trade. Chase Kastner in the chat, by the way. Uh, what happens to Jonathan Taylor's ceiling with no Wentz this week? Well, Wentz has a chance to play. Actually, now with the new NFL COVID protocols getting released this afternoon. Right. New CDC uh, guidance recommends just five, five days, days of and, uh, quarantine. So, Yep, and the NFL is not testing. As long as you're being honest and saying you're asymptomatic, uh, you're not going to get tested again. From what I understand on Twitter, you know, hmm. all the medical doctors there on Twitter uh, coming out in full force. But that's what I've read so far. So uh, Wentz will probably be playing, honestly. Um, I, w- I would guess he's going to end up playing. So 
But if Wentz doesn't play, I mean, Taylor's got a good matchup regardless. Uh, I thought I read and I wish I could say who um, I give credit to who who tweeted this. But uh, the Raiders are without their starting three linebackers this week because of COVID. Hot damn. And I don't know if that's going to hold true now with the new protocols and whatnot. But uh, if that remains true, I mean, you got to love Taylor's ceiling this week uh, with that sort of matchup. It's Jonathan Taylor's ceiling is always really high. Yes. So Chase, regardless of if Wentz plays or not, his ceiling is high because mm-hmm. if Chase, if, if, if Wentz doesn't play, then it's just feed Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. the ball and watch him scrape together 200 yards. If Wentz does play, well, I was going to say it's, it's going to be like 250 yards. Like it's going to be ridiculous how many yards he gets. You're probably <laughs> okay, like, it, it's going to be like an Alvin Kamara game from uh, last NFL uh, fantasy playoff season where he's going to have like Ooh. five touchdowns and like 250 yards. It's going to be ridiculous. Well, I was actually going to say if Wentz plays, his likelihood of the touchdowns go up. If Wentz doesn't play, his likelihood of the touchdowns go down, but his yardage probably increases. And either way, That's you're fair. fine. The Raiders Absolutely. are bottom six against running backs, so there's there's not much uh, Zero outside worry. of like a matchup with the Jets. That would be better for Jonathan Taylor regardless. Yeah. Quarterback, though. I like it. Yeah, like absolutely. I, I don't think it, it really affects his ceiling at all. To answer your question specifically there, Chase. Yes, Thanks yes, for yes. dropping that in the chat. Um, yeah, let's move on. I feel like we we talked about my my trade enough here where we don't need to belabor that any longer. Fair, fair. Are we ready to, to officially once and for all boil up some beef just so we can squash it? Yeah, let, let's squash some beefs, man. Let's do it. Do you want to lead us off here, Jake? Yeah, I would love to. Uh, <laughs> you know, this, this whole segment is basically who did we not believe in? Mm-hmm. And then when we stopped believing in them, what did they do? Did they regain our trust in some way? And I submit that almost every player here has gained our trust to the point that next year we would be foolish to not, to not trust them again. Right. Mm-hmm. At least from my side of things. I think so. So I want to kick things off with the guy here. That uh, is is especially important because last week you might have watched this guy go off for, oh, I don't know, a million fantasy points. So, Joe freaking Burrow, I didn't trust you when I should have trusted you. I didn't believe that you could be a top 12 quarterback in fantasy this year. And what did you do? You son of a bitch, you went ahead and did it. You're the quarterback 11 in points per game. You're the quarterback one in my heart after last week's 500-yard, four-touchdown performance. Joe Burrow, God love you. I believe in you now. All right, I'm pausing that overly dramatic music. But you get the idea. Uh, for real, Joe Burrow, I had my questions because the offensive line, that's what it all came down to for me coming mm-hmm. into the season. The offensive line in Cincinnati, what were you actually going to do? W- would you be able to hold up enough to let him throw some bombs down the field to T. Higgins, to Jamar Chase? Or so would it all be done by yeah, I wasn't thinking bombs with Tyler Boyd. I was thinking just, I was thinking Tyler Boyd would be the safety valve, which is why I was so high on him more than the other receivers there. Mm-hmm. 
because he'd be the short dump off guy. And that's what I thought. Is it going to have to be all dump offs? Is that where we're going to have to live with for Joe Burrow? And then he'll put up a mediocre, fine, fine performance. But he is is doing obviously really good. He's getting better. And as the seasons wore on, we saw early on, it was him and Jamar Chase had this amazing connection. And then Which everybody else. Expected. For sure. You know, college, college, college teammates. teammates. Jinx. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I don't know what all those extracurricular noises were about, but uh, you're right. And and coming into the season, they flourished right mm-hmm. off the bat. And nobody else really got any, anything. Everybody else was kind of left for dead, except for maybe Joe Mixon, who we might talk about a little bit later. Um, but then things started to pick up about midway through the season. We saw T. Higgins start to get a lot more involved. Things tapered off for Jamar Chase, but that wasn't to a detriment for Joe Burrow. No, there was just no way that Chase was going to keep up that sort of production. I mean, it was ridiculous how how many touchdowns he was scoring based on his number of targets. He was getting, like you said, the bombs. Like, he was getting big plays, big plays left and right. So I don't think any of us expected that to keep up for the entire season. No. And there were certainly some broken plays in there, too, mm-hmm. on the defensive coverage. Not to take that away from him. I don't no, take I, those I stats out. I was just going to say that, too. I'm like, just nothing to take away from, from Jamar Chase, because he is the real deal. Let's let's be honest. Like, yeah. all that preseason baloney about him not being able to catch balls and whatnot, it's just like... I feel like he was punking us all. Like, I feel like Ashton Kutcher okay. was going to be jumping out and be like, ha ha, got you guys. <laughs> Jackie, can you believe they were fading Jamar Chase? And it's like, yeah, we we did because I, I didn't fade him because of that necessarily. I faded him because of my concerns about T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd getting in there. Um, but regardless, I was still an idiot. So let's get that part of it on the record. But well, this is about Joe Burrow. So let me just say one last thing about Joe Burrow, which is uh, going into next year. I have zero reason to believe that uh, that Joe Burrow should not be a top 10 quarterback drafted off the board. I don't know if he will be. I'm very curious to see how that works out. Obviously, we'll have some adjustments at the top because some of the older guys will be dropping off. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, it almost has to at some point end for him. Uh, and there might be some reshuffling. Guys switching teams. Aaron Rodgers could be switching teams. Kirk Cousins, these type of fellas. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, absolutely. He should 100% fall out of the top 10 conversation unless he goes to, like, you know, Denver or something. So Joe Burrow should be a top 10 quarterback draft pick next year. If he's not, he's my ideal candidate for, mm-hmm. for drafting. So, yeah, I got to give it up to him. Uh, nothing but love for the Burrow Meister. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I can't say I was quite as low on him as you were. I want to say if I were to go back and look at my preseason uh, projections that I had him just outside the top 12, you know, still outside of QB1 range. But I think he was right on the edge. I know you were a bit lower on him than I was. And it's good to see him come back to full form here. I, I feel like he struggled just slightly at the beginning of the season, coming back from that ACL tear that he had so late in the season. Usually it takes a full year for those guys to come back and, and really regain their full form. Uh, but he came back really damn quick and he's looked really good. And cripes all those weapons on that offense. I mean, what's not to love? I mean, you've got T Higgins, you got Jamar Chase, you've got uh, Joe Mixon. They're all under contract for the next few years, at least. I'm not sure about Tyler Boyd, how long, how much longer he's with the team. But I mean, you got a good young nucleus of players there on that offense that no reason it shouldn't keep slinging like it has been this year and improve from what they've done. Yeah. I mean, hey, let's not uh, be under the expectation that he'll toss for 400 yards every single game. But, you know, when they show you that kind of ceiling, 
that's mm-hmm. a pretty nice endorsement uh, mm-hmm. of themselves and their own talent. So Absolutely. that's pretty big, and, and it definitely shouldn't be discredited. Mm-hmm. So, Dustin, do you have somebody that you want to talk about here? And do you want to talk about it with or without music? I want to give you that option here. I'll do it without the music. Okay. As fun as that is, um, I, was, I, just, I just can't. So... <laughs> Mine, this, this first one, um, was pretty easy for me to come up with. Uh, it was actually the first name I thought of. Uh, this was a player I was so down on in the offseason, had zero belief that this quarterback would do what he's done this season. And that's Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought last year, the last, you know, few games of the season, he's lighting the world on fire. And I was like, no, that's just a very small sample size. Three games, that's just too small, too small sample size. They didn't, you know, defenses didn't have film on him. Uh, he was a rookie going in last year. I'm like, there's just, ah, I just don't believe it. I, I was not a non-believer. While I thought there was a decent floor, I didn't think he would be doing as well as he has this year. I think I had him like a mid-range QB too. Uh, but yeah, so far, just so far. This season, he is the QB5 on the year, QB5 in points per game, and he's the number eight scorer overall. Overall scores, number eight. I mean, that is incredible. And the thing that, you know, as the year has gone on with the Eagles, they're they're under a brand new coaching staff this year. And I'm going to give that coaching staff a lot of credit. They've adapted their play calling and, and their, their style of play to the pieces they actually have on their team. And they're utilizing the pieces how they should. Early in the season, Jalen Hurts was slinging the ball around I don't know how many times a game. It was it was like him and then he's scrambling, running, throwing deep bombs. They've gone more towards the running game, but that hasn't hurt his production. He is still producing at a very high rate. Um, ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw this last week with New York. For whatever reason, they got his number this season. But, I mean, Washington a couple weeks ago, 28 points. New Orleans, 31 points. I mean, he's been producing very, very well this season. And, Jalen, I'm sorry I didn't believe. I, I wish I could say I, I want to believe in him, and I'm going to put him in. It'll be hard to not have him in my top 10 next season just uh-huh. based off of what he did this year assuming that philadelphia doesn't do something crazy with their three first round picks and go out and get like aaron Rodgers or something you know or draft another rookie quarterback you know move up in the draft draft a rookie quarterback if if things kind of stay as the status quo and they don't bring in a big name to replace jalen hurts or competition for him i see no reason why he can't do this again next year yeah and you said it though what do they do with him next year? Because from fantasy, the guy's been off the chart. Mm-hmm. For real life football, it's a very dividing it's okay. player. Yeah, it's it's okay. Like he's been okay for real football, but I mean Philadelphia's defense hasn't been that great. Their offensive line has been beat up again this year. I still think they could use at least one more wide receiver on their team. Miles Sanders is awesome. Goddard's awesome. Devonta uh, Freeman. I- Smith. Smith. Freeman. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that, Devonta Smith. <laughs> my deepest apologies for that. How dare uh, thee. I know. So they've got like a good young nucleus of players on the offense. Mm-hmm. They just need to shore up some other pieces there and bring in maybe one or two additional spots. Hopefully that doesn't mean quarterback. I know Deshaun Watson has been rumored to be traded there. So this is all kind of dependent on what happens in the offseason. But as things stand right now, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't finish top 10 again next year for fantasy. Yeah, he's he's still a guy that I'm going to go trade for in Dynasty League. I am of the belief that there's a lot of blame to go around for when the Eagles have not looked great, and it doesn't all fall on Hurts. Of course, some of it mm-hmm. has to. 
It does. It has to. When you're a quarterback, some of it, it just hasn't been good yep. enough. But I also think that he has been impressive in certain spots. Mm-hmm. And if we're comparing him to, you know, some other lauded quarterbacks from this year, if you're just doing a stat for stat, win for win type of thing, he's not that far off from Lamar Jackson, who mm-hmm. nobody's putting in the hot seat, I don't think, for next year. Well, Obviously, he comes not. with more draft capital and more backing, and I understand all that. Um, but, you know, performance-wise, I think Hurts has been okay. So I have confidence. I know the draft picks are there. I think they'd be much wiser to invest in the offensive line, like you're suggesting. Well, so do I. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. uh, In defensive pieces, you know, I think that they should do that and utilize him. And they've got Gardner Minshew there if if they want to pull that ripcord next year. You know what I mean? That's right. Right into town with that two-horse unicorn or two-headed unicorn, you know, and and count your blessings. That's what I say if you're Philadelphia. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to do this with music because he deserves it. Leonard. Leonard Fournette running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I remember weeks ago, might have been week four, week five on this very podcast. I said, everybody cut all of the Tampa Bay running backs. None of them will do good things for you. You have to move on. And if you did that and listened to me, I'm sorry, because I'm a fucking idiot. Leonard Fournette is RB4 in points per game in PPR formats right now through the season. Uh, what? Fucking what? Uh, he's now out. He's he's gone. Ronald Jones stepped in last week. And Keyshawn Vaughn, weirdly enough, no Le'Veon Bell. I want to point that out. We were talking about Love Bell last mm-hmm. week in that signing. It, it has not bore any fruit for right now. But, you know, those guys stepped up in Fournette's absence and did extremely well. I thought it was going to be this weird cluster, and we weren't going to see any separation between these guys in the backfield, between Ronald Jones, between Leonard Leonard Fournette, and even between Giovanni Bernard. I thought he was going to get a lot more passing work, sort of that Mm -hmm. James White-esque role. That didn't happen. It wasn't a fucking thing. So instead, Leonard Fournette has just been handling basically everything. He's gotten spelled occasionally. He's a workhorse. Tom Mm -hmm. Brady loves him. Bruce Arians loves him. And next year... All things are, are the same if yep. Tom Brady sticks around, number one. If there's no other shuffling in the backfield in terms of depth chart, adding pieces, Leonard Fournette now has to be a top 12 pick, mm-hmm. right? And it, yeah, absolutely. I agree. And uh, he's been used a lot in the passing game this year, too, which I think is an underappreciated part of his game. I know we saw that a couple years ago with Jacksonville. Um, and then, yeah, this year, I'm just trying to look up his stats. He's got 84 targets and 69 receptions. I mean, that nice. is, that's, that's pure workhorse. I mean, those are Elvin Kamara type numbers as far as receiving. So it's not like, you know, like you said, Geo or Rojo or, you know, any of the other running backs on the team have been getting targets. Like he, and you have to remember, there's still Godwin and Evans and, Antonio Brown. Yeah, I mean, they have so many other pieces there. He's still getting targeted a ton. And yeah, assuming things don't change. Yeah, there is no reason why he shouldn't be considered. They really like him there. He seems to have fit in really well, not causing issues like we saw when he was on the Jags. So yeah, I like that. I blame the Jags for those issues in, in hindsight, really. And I think we should be uh, more frequently blaming the coaching staff and the environments for some of these things. Uh, look, there are players players that just suck and they have shitty personalities mm-hmm. and they're, they're problem children. I think a lot of the times, though, they just kind of take blame, uh, especially in Jack. We can't talk about Jacksonville 
and suggest that players are the issue after we saw what happened with Urban Meyer this year. Uh, and I think that runs further up the chain than just with Urban. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So my next player here, Jake, um, and this is very begrudging for me because uh, we have made our dislike of this player and non-belief of this player very clear uh, what seems like on a weekly basis uh, at this point. <laughs> Damn near. <laughs> uh, and that is Joe Mixon. And I got to give him his due. I, I did not expect that he would perform like he has this year. I mean, he's always been drafted as an RB1 or very close to that RB1 level, maybe just outside uh, the top 12, but he's never performed there. Like he's always been just sub suboptimal, sub performing, whatever you want to say, underperforming. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. got the word there. Nailed it. Goddamn fireball. Uh, so he's, <laughs> he's been underperforming every single year since he came in the league. Uh, and he got rewarded with a very nice contract, mm-hmm. which we were, I, I don't know about you. I shouldn't speak for others, but I was kind of surprised with. Obviously, they saw something in him. And as you said with Joe Burrow earlier, we were, you know, very cautious about their offensive line and how they were going to perform this year. Because we thought, you know, spending instead of spending first round pick on Jamar Chase, they should have taken um, Sewell that went to the Lions instead. Sewell, yeah. Uh, Sewell, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, I think we were concerned with how well this offensive line was going to perform. And it was going to be kind of the linchpin of this entire operation. So looking for the best music for your video. Yes, I am. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. I'll be honest. Uh, um, uh, you made me lose my whole train of thought because I am looking for great music for my videos. Um, <laughs> I didn't think it was supposed to play when I muted the tab, Dustin. I was preparing. <sighs> That's all right. Anyway, um, but yeah, Joe Mixon is currently the RB3 on the season, which is, I think, better than most NFL analysts out there were expecting. And I know there's been some injuries, you know, Leonard Fournette, Derrick Henry, which, you know, probably would have pushed them down a little bit. Uh, Nick Chubb missed a couple weeks. Delvin Cooks missed a couple weeks. So, I mean, there, there has been some injury, but I, this is nothing to take away from what he's been doing. Uh, I mean, he is number five, barely number five on the season uh, with 18.2 points per game. Uh, like I said, overall, the RB3 on the season, he's, been buoyed a lot by touchdowns. I mean, he's got 16 total touchdowns on the season. But again, as we are saying with Joe Burrow earlier, this offense, it's a very high flying. They could score a ton of points. There's no reason to see why this should change next year at all. I mean, as we said, young nucleus of players, their offensive line should improve, even if they don't bring anyone in, just a year of playing together on that offensive line, gelling, getting to know each other. That will only help things on the offense. So I don't see a reason why Joe Mixon is not a top 12 running back next year. As much as I, it, it irks me to say it, um, I don't see at a reason why, why he should be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Top 12 at a minimum. Could he be I top mean, five again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'm finally at the stage. I'm at that. I'm past the reluctancy stage with that for drafting for redraft. And in saying like I, you know, like top 10, I was like, I can't get on board this year. I just there's too many other guys mm-hmm. that I would rather have there to put him top 10. So top 12 is is a, a guarantee. Honestly, I, I feel like that's still just our our kind of hatred of the person oh, yeah. more than the player. Hey, I will be the first to admit there's some bias there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be unbiased about the situation. But yeah, there's still going to yep. be some bias there. Um, but I do need to recognize that he's a very talented football player, regardless of what I think of him personally. Um, and, and he's on a very young, good team that's only going to get better. 
Right. Let's do let's let's see if we can do this together. Can we come up with five other running backs we would rather draft? Okay. Don't don't no, we're supposed to be head to foot, so there's no chance to lock in. Uh can we can we see if we can come up with five running backs we would draft over him for redraft next year? Okay. As we know the information right now. So right. Jonathan Taylor, obviously. Yes. Okay. Above him right now, RB two on the season, Austin Eckler. I would. Okay. Najee Harris. I would because I think we've seen him at his bottom. We've seen him at him at his worst. The volume's been mm-hmm. there, but all the other issues around the team have been bad. I think he gets better. I say yes. All right, then it's um, touchdown Lenny. See, I, even though I just glowed over him, I would rather have Mixon over Fournette only mm-hmm. because there's a lot more question marks with that Tampa Bay team for mm-hmm. next year. Uh, Zeke. No, I'm a firm believer that the, the wearing down is going to happen with seeing mm-hmm. the cliff is coming. All right. And um, we've got some outlier guys like James Conner, Corderell Patterson. Like, how about Derek Derek Henry I, when I, he comes back from well, injury? I, would you let me do my thing? I was going to get there. Come on, Jake. God, let me be a host. Fine. Stop burying the lead. We're talking about James <laughs> Conner. I was going to get there. I said we got to skip over guys. Like, ah, you're All not right. listening. So, yes, Derek Henry <laughs> is one. All right. Would you... I, I'm nervous about the injury. I'd rather have Mixon. Mm-hmm. Delvin Cook. Nervous about injuries. Would rather have Mixon. And I don't want to have to handcuff with Alexander Madison at the end of the draft. All right. Two more. Nick Chubb. Oh, that's where it gets close, but I still think I'd go Mixon. Only because of the receiving work. Mm-hmm. That 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 would be the tiebreaker for me uh, with that. And then last one, Kamara. Kamara, I would still take over Mixon. One name you left off, though, CMC. Did you mention CMC? Oh, no, I did, I not did not mention here. CMC. So uh, I, just, I just have the uh, top, whatever, top 15 pulled up on my screen here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, CMC. I would take CMC over. I mean, that's pretty easy for me. It's it's I get the injuries with with him. And I feel hypocritical now because I said with Derrick Henry. But Derrick Henry was this whole thing. We were some of us. Some of us were anticipating mm-hmm. this fall off for Henry, which obviously didn't happen prior to the injury. But now he's coming back from the injury. And now I'm still assuming some sort of fall off because his style is so different from CMC. It is. CMC and, it, and it was kind of a late back. and it was kind of a later season injury as well. Sure. Which so always worries me. Second injury, though. Uh, true. Be fair. But, it, look, I, I'm not an injury expert, but I would still take CMC over Mixon. I would mm-hmm. still take Mixon over Henry. Yeah, it, would be, it would be close for me. Um, yeah, it would, it would be close for me with, with Henry. I mean, right. I just, I doubted him for so many years, and all he's done is just prove me wrong every year. Sure. Uh, and this is the first injury that Derrick Henry's really had. So he's been very durable. I know he's had a shit ton of carries and whatnot, but I think he's one of those freaks of nature that it doesn't matter. He's so I that it gets tough for me with, with those two. All right. Well, it sounds like at the bare minimum, Mixon is a fringe top five guy. Mm-hmm. I think if so. not, if not sneaking his way in there for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So Joe Mixon, I'm sorry I questioned how awesome you'd be for fantasy. <laughs> There's my formal apology. All right, Jake, your last one. All right. I want to wrap up with a guy that, uh, you know, he just scored two dang many touchdowns in 2020 for me, for me to get on board with them. He's also a guy who I thought was going to be roundly uh, overtaken by his younger counterpart. His name is Adam Thielen. And uh, Thielen, you know, to his credit, was not all touchdowns. He wasn't. He wasn't all touchdowns. A lot of it still came from touchdowns this year, and he just mm-hmm. kept scoring them like a crazy person. 
But before his injury, you know, he he was lighting the world on fire. He ended up now as a um top, excuse me, top 20 guy. He's wide receiver 17 in points per game. Feels like that should be higher. I believe half of a game accounted for there was an injured game where he barely played. I just, I have a thing about old receivers. And when a young guy comes in, like Justin Jefferson did last year, and plays like Justin Jefferson did, which was enough for him to break the record of Odell Beckham this past weekend, by the way, for the most yards by uh, a player through his first two seasons. When a guy Mm -hmm. does that, I start to discount the other guy, especially when your quarterback is Kirk Cousins. I start to discount the second receiver in that situation. And uh, so I shouldn't have, though, because Thielen still proved that they need him. They need him on that offense. That offense moves a lot better when he's out there. Uh, They've suffered the consequences the last, you know, three, four weeks when he was kind of on and off the field. And as a 30-year-old receiver heading into next season, who is still reliant on touchdowns to provide the fantasy value, I do have to stop saying that he can't do it because there's no way he can get those touchdowns because he has to regress. I have to stop just assuming regression every time a player gets more touchdowns than I think they should get. And that was a lesson learned with Adam Thielen this year. Now, Kirk Cousins is not necessarily guaranteed to be the quarterback in Minnesota next year. We talked about that a week ago, a couple weeks ago. I still believe they can move on and and should. Uh, I was talking with my brother-in-law this past weekend. We were watching the Vikings play. Who is a Vikings fan? Yes, he is a Vikings fan. And he, of course, critiques the quarterback more than even I do. Because I, I have a little bit of warmth, you know, I, I, for the struggles of the Minnesota Vikings. And so I, I try to be uh, as, as a, much of a gentleman as I can be in those situations. He was saying, we have to stop aiming for the middle, which is what Kirk Cousins gets you. Mm-hmm. As a team, a quarterback like that aims for the middle. So you screw yourself on draft picks and you screw yourself on actually getting a legitimate shot at the Super Bowl. And I agree. So if they do wise up, if there's a shakeup, if they move on from Zimmer, uh, or even if they just kind of restructure the whole roster there, and then Cousins is out. And then if is Thielen going to be good enough? Yes! <laughs> because the other thing <laughs> is like, he's not so dependent on the quarterback. Like, he's just an amazing route runner. I have to stop and appreciate that. And as Packer fans, I think that also clouds our judgment sometimes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the whole talent above situation thing rang true for Thielen this year. I think mm-hmm. it will continue to do so. Yeah, same. And, and Thielen's one of those guys that I think he's going to be, and I'm not putting him at the same level. Let's get this clear. But he's going to be like a Larry Fitzgerald type player. Um, he was never known for his speed. You know, he wasn't a big separator. He didn't have all the the metrics behind him. He was an undrafted guy that has turned out to be a, a gem for this team. And I think his style of play is going to translate really well as he gets older, as he starts to lose a step. He can move into the slot, which he already plays a lot of slot, but he's such a technician and he's got great hands. You know, the quarterback trusts him. He's great in the red zone. He knows how to get open. All those things are still going to translate. He's never been one to rely on his speed and separation. So, uh, so yeah, he's going to be one of those players that, you know, even for dynasty purposes, if you have him, unless you're getting like a really good offer, he's someone that you can let die on your, your dynasty roster because he's going to perform for the next three or four years at a minimum. Is it going to be wide receiver one numbers like we've seen? No, but he's probably going to be a solid wide receiver two, a solid flex play weekend and week in and week out until he retires. Yeah, that's just the type of player I think he is. 
Yeah, I don't begrudge that. Like like we said, where he's not Larry Fitzgerald, but he's definitely of that ilk, so I get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I won't be fooled again next year. That's right. All right, my last player here before we uh, move on, I'm going to talk about Marquise Hollywood Brown. Uh, this is the guy I left for dead. I wasn't even on my radar for someone I wanted to draft, unless for some reason he fell super far Excuse me. in any one of my drafts here. Um, I just... We hadn't seen it from him for the first couple years in the league, and I know he had some injuries, and you know that whole offense, you know, revolved around the running game there in Baltimore with um, Ingram a couple years ago, and and then Dobbins last year, and we all expected that this year, but then none of the running backs decided to stay healthy for some reason, so they by default had to throw the ball a little bit more than than we normally have, and. You know, sometimes it takes wide receivers a couple years to really learn the position. I mean, we saw Corey Davis, you know, had his big breakout last year. Um, Devontae Parker had his big breakout where it took him multiple years, took him to his fifth year to to really get things together. Sometimes that just happens. Even though he was a first round pick, sometimes it takes a couple years for wide receivers to get into the groove of the league, learn the position better, gel with their quarterback, especially a running quarterback like Lamar Mil- Lamar Miller. Oh, my God. Lamar Jackson. What is your obsession with really old running backs in this episode? First, it's Devonta Freeman. Now we're talking Lamar Miller. I know. I, I can't mean. help it. I know. The disrespect I'm throwing around is just ridiculous this evening. <laughs> no, but it, sometimes it just takes a while, uh, especially in a run-heavy offense like the Baltimore Ravens. So um, I thought after not seeing it for the first couple of seasons that he was a bust. And he hasn't been. He's been surprisingly good. He's wide receiver 15 overall in the season this year. He's got, he's will probably get over a thousand yards. He's got six touchdowns so far in the season. He's been targeted, believe it or not, 130 times, which I think Ooh. is a lot for this offense. Uh, so yeah, he, he turned me into a believer. I'm sorry I didn't believe in you, sir. And that's all I got to say about that. He, you know, what's crazy is his season would like, would look even better if Lamar had played the entirety of it. Right. You know, the backup situation has really been favorable to a guy like Mark Andrews, Mm -hmm. uh, which those folks are giddy as shit about Tyler Huntley uh, and or who's the other guy? Josh Johnson, I think, is the guy who Mm -hmm. played this last year. Those those guys are favored Mark Andrews. They haven't favored Hollywood Brown. So it would look even better if he hadn't started quarterback the entire way. So I think people are going to discount him again next year in redraft. Mm -hmm. And he's one of my I'm going to add him to the list of guys. That just like Hunter Renfro, they're not going to be the sexy name. They're going to have this weird middle of the pack vibe to them. And I'm going to go away after them. You'll probably be able to get them as your third or fourth wide receiver on your team, depending on how you draft. Yes. Very key point there. Depending on that, uh, I think I could. Uh, if I don't hammer RBs early, then I think I could. I could win. Right. So, all right. I think we've squashed enough beef here. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, our beef feels pretty firm. Feels pretty squashed. I'm All right. So let's recap starts of the week. Uh, we've got one from two weeks ago. Uh, as you brought up earlier with my beer bet that I didn't pay. Uh, we still had one outstanding start of the week. I had uh, Devonta Smith uh, was playing the Tuesday night game last week. Did not do well. Finished as wide receiver 54, only scoring seven points. So hopefully you didn't listen to me and have him as a start of the week because that would not have been great. But... This last week, Jake, you had James Robinson versus the New York Jets. Great matchup on paper. Decided to blow out his Achilles early in that game. Finished with one point 
Still finished as the RB seventy seven, however. We'll hey, hey, that's fuck. It's it was so yeah. brutal. I was watching that game on. Well, I was watching Red Zone. I wasn't watching that game, but that came up, and it just it just took the wind out of my sails for the entire day. Not just because of this call, but because James Robinson is a guy that has deserved to be better than he has been under mm-hmm. Urban Meyer, and it looked like he was finally going to start to get the work, and then that happens. Stuff. So, yeah, it's super disappointing. Now, Jake, I'm, I'm looking more Dynasty, but it could be Redraft 2 for next season here mm-hmm. uh, because you had ETN that was drafted in the first round last year. We know Urban Meyer's gone, so it'll be a whole new coaching staff. Uh, ETN will have basically a year coming back from his injury where James Robinson, mm, very good chance he could miss all of next season still. I know Cam Akers is scheduled to come back after like five months of after his Achilles tear, uh, but he could just be a special athlete. I don't know. A lot, a lot of what ifs out there uh, regarding James Robinson. Assuming let, let's talk dynasty first. Is he okay. uh, is he someone that you would be a trade candidate for? Nope. No, can't do it. Can't do it with James Robinson. Uh, and it's because of all those question marks that you said. It's very rare that we see an undrafted running back sustain longevity Mm -hmm. in the NFL, and especially from a fantasy perspective, being relevant. And he was already playing against some odds once they drafted Travis Etienne. Now, it lucked out for him that Travis Etienne had that injury this year. But like you said, he's coming back. Even though they should get a better, hypothetically, a better coach than Urban Meyer... You would assume. <laughs> uh, we know with that that GM, that management, that that's a dangerous game too. Uh, but also the missed time, a, a guy with no draft capital behind him with another regime coming in has a very slim chance, in my opinion, of becoming a, the guy or a guy. So I'm out. Mm-hmm. Same here. Unless someone wanted to give me like a fourth round pick or offer me like a fourth round pick. Sure, I'd do it for that. Just to have him sit at the end of my bench. Because you never know what could happen. It, sure. You know, as a and you can stash him on IR. Yeah, exactly. If, yeah. So I would do it for that, but yeah, or maybe even a third, just as like because third round picks don't really pan out all that often. Maybe, but uh, yeah, I'm right there with you on everything you said. I don't, I don't. It's, it's very unfortunate because he's a guy you love to root for. Great story, and then this happens. So uh, yeah, super disappointing. If you have him. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the run while you had him. But yeah, That's this right. very well could be the end uh, for James Robinson, unfortunately. So uh, and obviously, I think for redraft purposes next year, he's just totally off the board uh, only because he probably won't be back for any meaningful play until super late in the season. So you shouldn't even draft him at this point unless you get some great news here in the offseason that he's doing the Cam Akers thing where he's going to come back and he's, you know, in training camp and, and practicing and things like that. Could take a late round flyer on him. Otherwise, wait until he's 100% back. Pick him up off your waiver wire. Fair. All right. And my start of the week this week, or last week, I should say, uh, Darnell Mooney. I was riding the wave. I thought for sure it was going to happen again. Had a really good matchup. Finished this wide receiver 40 with only 10.9 points. So at least you got double digits out of him, but it was nothing great, especially with some of those other outstanding wide receiver scores last week. Um, and they're going back to Andy Dalton this week, which is super unfortunate for him and that entire really offense. Is. So it's uh, the worst. It is. Uh, but that sums up last week's start of the week. Jake, who do you have for this week? Well, this week it's going to it's going to feel a little grody. I'll be the first to admit that uh, you're probably not going to like this. And if you're in the championship, 
you're only going to have to play this guy if you are really backed into a corner with COVID. But to this point, Noah Fant has not uh, succumbed to COVID. Now, Fant, with the Broncos, has been underwhelming this entire season. Uh, I think a lot of folks had him like we did, or I know I did for sure. Top 10 guy all season. Do we believe a lot more than that? No, because there's weird quarterback controversy. So here's what happened. Teddy Bridgewater is is now out, basically. Drew Locke is in. And say what you want about the guy, Drew Locke. I don't like him as a quarterback, particularly. Certainly not going after him in Dynasty or suggesting him as a start for this next week. But he's not the dink and dunk guy that um, Teddy Bridgewater has been. And for Noah Fant, who is an extremely athletic tight end, Mm -hmm. you want a guy like Drew Locke more than you want a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is is good for, uh, let's say, a Jason Witten type of tight end, that mold, where they're just going to plop down three yards out from the line of scrimmage and get the dump off. That's not what you want for Noah Fant. That's That's not what you deserve for Noah Fant. So Fant gets to play the Chargers this week, who have given up the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So between the matchup, between the quarterback situation, which should still be Drew Locke, and between the garbage time, which is where Fant is going to thrive, you should be actually lined up for what I would project to be, you know, a 12 to 15 point day. And looking at tight end right now, it's hard to shake a stick of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, Got nothing else to add. I I like it. It's a good call. All right, and then my start of the week is Hunter Renfro going against those Indianapolis Colts. They're going to be playing from behind, I feel like, the entire game, regardless if Carson Wentz starts or not. I think JT's going to rip it up, so they're going to have to throw the ball. Who's his favorite target there, Derek Carr? It's Hunter Renfro. He'll probably end up with, you know, double-digit targets and probably 100 yards because that's what he seems to do every single week. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, fire him up this week. I have no reason why he wouldn't be... uh, uh, a good start for you here in your championship week if you are in your championships. Can we just take a minute to applaud, slow clap the man that is Hunter Renfro this year for a season that no one, and I mean literally no one, projected he could have as a top 12 guy. Mm-hmm. I did, uh, real quick, both a pat on the back and a punch in the face for myself. Two years ago, I dug out, I found this tweet. Actually, somebody else found it for me, so I wasn't being vain. They found this tweet where I had projected Hunter Renfro to be a top 20 wide receiver for the year 2020. And then I promptly gave up on him on 2021 when he turned out to do nothing that previous year. You know, that just shows that patience is really a virtue, especially in dynasty leagues when you believe in a talent. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to overlook their situation. So that calls back these other wide receivers we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. that's right okay jake i think it's your week here for a beer bet uh before we close out the show yeah look uh as much as i want to continue our quarterback challenges because those have been really fun and uh sort of profitable for myself i think that i loved what you did with the backfield thing last week and i looked for another option like that i couldn't find one that's quite the same of that split backfield so i couldn't find that type of fun so ultimately, what I ended up doing uh, is going to feel grosser by comparison, but I, I, I fucking like it. So we are looking at the Lions and the Seahawks. We have a game where nobody really has anything to play for on paper. Okay. So 
Amon Ross St. Brown has destroyed these last three weeks. He is a top, I want to say he's a top five guy. Don't quote me on that. But if not, he's very close to it mm-hmm. the last three weeks. Now for Seattle, DK Metcalf has been kind of a disappointment. So here's what I want to do. And it's a little different than we've done before. I'm putting up Amon Ross St. Brown and the wide receiver of our choice for Seahawks. So you can do either DK Metcalf or Lockett if you decide to do the Seahawks. If you decide to do, to do Amon Ross St. Brown, I would get my choice of Seahawks receiver. What do you think about that? Hmm. Let's see. I will go. Oof. Oof. <laughs> I said it would feel a little bit gross, but I think it's interesting. It is. So here, here's my train of thought. I, I immediately mm-hmm. want to say I'm on Ross St. Brown. Uh, just so you know, uh, versus wide receivers, the yep. Seahawks and the Lions are both tied for ninth on the season oh, uh, versus wide receivers. So, I mean, it's like they're, I mean, their secondaries are doing exactly the same thing to mm-hmm. wide receivers so far. Uh, so initially, I want to say I'm on Ross St. Brown. Total fantasy but, points. Did I say that, by the way? Total fantasy points. Not I yours. just assumed. I just assumed okay. it was okay. total okay. fantasy. But yeah. uh, so I wanted to immediately say him because I was like, okay, he's been he's been lighting it up. Like he's he's been doing very well over the last few weeks, kind of stepping into that wide receiver one role on that team. Not saying he is a wide receiver one, but into that role for their office. Sure. Uh, the thing that gives me pause is that he is the only real wide receiver threat on that offense. Where with Seattle, you've got two real threats for wide receivers. That gives you pause for Amon Ra, or that yes. gives you pause for choosing between the receivers in Seattle. Well, both. It, it, it's it's both because it, if I go Amon Ra St. Brown, he's literally the only option, and he could get shut down. But if I go with Seattle, it's a crapshoot of which player is going to actually ball out for the week. Sure. Um, Ooh, I'd love to you. All right. I feel like I have to have one of those game timers with the sand and the hourglass kind of thing to do the turnover. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, like I've been thinking about it that long. You know. I mean, I feel like you've been expounding just to kind of take up some, some time here to give yourself a, a little bit of wiggle room. But it, no, it's an interesting one. And this is the type of thing that if you made it into the championship, you're going to have to debate. Mm-hmm. In fact, Wiley Stevens in the chat just now said he's literally debating Lockett versus St. Brown in his lineup right now. So this does have potential implications here. So and, and, obviously- and, 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 and to make to make to add one more little piece here, um, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are currently wide receiver. Uh, oh, I got to make sure I have the right scoring on here. But they're neck and neck. They are 21 and 22, respectively, uh, overall wide receivers. So they are very close as far as uh, their wide receiver stats. Um, you know what? I'm going to say lock it. That's who I'm going with. Lock it in. Tyler, lock, lock it, it in. That That's that's who I'm going with. If you chose Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyler Lockett was going to be my Seattle wide receiver of choice there because I don't trust DK Metcalf. And what he does is he comes out you know how some receivers, you can only guarantee they get targets at, at the end of the game, in the fourth quarter, in garbage time, when they need mm-hmm. it. DK's the exact opposite. He comes out really strong, typically in the first quarter, and then he fucking disappears. He gets snapped into oblivion every single game by Thanos. And so Lockett, meanwhile, all you need is one big play and a touchdown. And you're mm-hmm. golden. So I'm scared of that one big play and a touchdown from Lockett. <laughs> Amon Ra's going to have to, you know, put up 
<laughs> put up some targets, uh, make some contested catches here, I think, this week. But I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, I. it's a tough decision. I'm not going to lie. This On paper, it should be a really easy decision. But when, when you start looking at the stats and everything, it's... Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't feel great about taking Lockett. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but that's yeah. just in my heart. That's that's who I feel like um, out of the three will have the better fantasy game. Uh, I points. think that's fair. So. so to Wiley in the chat, by the way, you're debating between Lockett and St. Brown. Can I at least get you on board, Dustin, with the idea that if you need ceiling, maybe not oh. a bad thing to go for Lockett in those big Absolutely. plays that are going to happen. But if you do need some sort of safety, I think St. Brown is the play there. Yes. And just me personally, like if you're in the championship and, and it's going to be close, maybe you take St. Brown, but I was going to say fucking go for it. If you're in the championship, well, it's not I a mean, time you, to you be should timid. be, you should go for it regardless. Absolutely. Right. Right. But I mean, yeah, if, if you're, that pretty, upside. you know, and I don't even know when, when they're scheduled to play. Uh, but you know, if you're lucky in they're an afternoon game or something and you can, I don't know if you have options, you know, wait it out to see yeah. how the rest of yeah. your lineup Cause, basically cause they, fares. You know, they're playing each other. So hopefully they play an afternoon Sunday afternoon game or maybe there's a Monday night game or something. They are. OK, yep. so you should know how the rest of your team is. A lot of the rest of your team has performed earlier in the day. If you need the ceiling play because you need you're you're down and you need those like possible boom points out of Tyler Lockett. You can do that. Or if it's close and you want to just play for a floor and maybe get 10 points. You know, as like a baseline, maybe it's a St. Brown play. And St. Brown you know? can get, it's not to say that yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, capped at 10 points well, or anything like that. No, but, but I we, think the bigger ceiling is with Lockett. Yeah, we've seen Lockett throw out 55 points in a game. Yep. You know, he's had those huge weeks before, and it could very well happen this week. So, yeah, I, I would kind of just wait and see how the early uh, day goes for you there, Wiley, and then make your decision right before uh, kickoff, depending on what you feel like your team needs most. I love it. I love it. And we did I it. I would still go lock it, personally. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Well, I would hope you'd stand by your decision, actually. So, uh, Otherwise, you'd look like a real flim-flammer. That's right. A real right. flip-flopper. A yeah, real fucker. <laughs> so, we don't want that. Well, Dustin, I feel good about this last show of our uh, fantasy season, I guess. Right? I doubt anybody has a championship game next weekend. I would hope not, because that, that would, would just be, weird. be wrong. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and this is our show, last show of 2021. I should say last show ever. God forbid. No, last show of 2021. Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys in the new year, uh, hopefully with lots of you crowning those fantasy championships. Uh, we would love to hear all about it, how you squeaked by your, your adversary or just hopefully demolished them. Let's be honest. Hopefully you win by like 50 points and you just crush their souls because uh, there's really nothing better than that feeling. When you said crowning championships, you made it sound to me like they were giving birth to them. And I, at first, at first I balked at it, but after the type of season this has been, I think that's actually how it's going to feel for a lot of people when they do get a, a fair point. championship. Like you actually birthed it from your loins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So good luck to everyone here uh, going into the championship week. Follow my co-host here at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. Follow the podcast at Drinking Fantasy. If you want to follow me, that's fine. At FF Dusty Dog. Uh, go out, give us a rate and review. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, rating and review does help everyone find us more. 
spread the word to your friends, your family, uh, get them to subscribe, follow us. We're here every single week on YouTube doing our thing live, uh, but you can also find the audio audio only versions on whatever podcast player you happen to listen to. So until next week, folks, good luck with your fantasy championships and keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Shut up, shut up.